Presenting the very glamorous singing star. Do you want to make it out here? Keep busy. Try not to rust. Watch your six and mind your rats. everybody, welcome to the Awkward Introvert's Guide to the Apocalypse, the podcast that is coming to you from the great green jewel of the Commonwealth, but not really, it's the dry desert of Utah. This is Josephine Reilly. And I'm Zombie Tia, and today we're talking characters of Diamond City. Yay! Yay! Or, you know, characters from that great green jewel, which <laughs> is hilarious. Like, I don't know, when I first started playing the game, I was like, Diamond City, why do they call it that? And then it turns out that it is a baseball field, and, you know, it's really quite, it's smart. Like, you, it's not something common you would think of if right. you were going to be picking a place to live in the apocalypse. Like, and this is a discussion we've had before where we're like, oh, a library, and things like that. And it's like... Baseball field? Never crossed my mind. Not even once. Right? Any kind of stadium I never would have thought of. But honestly, uh -uh. you've already got the the complete concrete walls. You've got limited entrances mm -hmm. and ex exits. And most stadiums and stuff now even are covered. So it's just like one giant dome. Well, I guess that means that when the apocalypse strikes, I will be living in the BYU stadium. I It's not my first choice. For a place to live, but I mean, it's fancy as heck, so works. Fair enough. I don't know. I mean, I've never seen it in person. I've never been to a BYU game because I don't care for the footballs. Not the footballs and the college sports. No, I don't like it when the college sports happen because then it gets really crowded and traffic is bad and you can't go anywhere to eat. I live not too far from the Seahawks stadium. So every time the Seahawks win, oh. there's fireworks all night long. So that's a thing. Oh, no. Obviously, we can't talk about Diamond City without talking about the voice of Diamond City, Travis Lonely Miles. That poor, awkward dude. He's so awkward. And that's the thing. I think that's, like, what makes me feel like I'm connected to him a bit. It's like, we're both awkward. I don't... My anxiety's not nearly as bad as his. Or at least I don't show it nearly as bad as he does. That's fair. Though, so I've got that going for me. Yeah, I actually just recently started playing Fallout 4 again. And the first thing I did when I got my Pit-Boy was turn on Diamond City Radio. Nice. I, you gotta listen to it. It's so good. And I just... I absolutely adore him. He's such a dork. That's really funny because when I play, I don't ever have my, the radio on unless I'm following the radio signals. Really? Yep. I don't have the radio. I don't know why. I just, I never turn the radio on. I follow the distress signals and those kind of things. And that's literally the only time I use the radio. Really? Because mine is on 
constantly, all of the time. <laughs> and as my husband once put it, he was really glad he sat in the room with me so he could listen to my karaoke. That's funny. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I can't help it. I have to sing along, and it's a real problem I have. Because I am not a singer. I would be terrible at karaoke. One thing I've wondered about him, because Travis is obviously not that old. He has a quote that's fight the good fight, which is a reference to Three Dog from Fallout 3. So it makes you wonder, like, are they able to pick up radio signals all the way from the capital over there? Or how would he have heard this phrase or known of Three Dog? That's true. That's true. I never thought of that. Once again, I did not bother to look on a map to see the distance between these two places, and I really should have. They're not too far, but they're definitely far enough that you wouldn't. I wouldn't think you'd be able to pick up a radio broadcast from one to the other. Especially since in-game on Fallout 4, you have to go broaden the signals yourself. So, I don't know how he knows of Three Dog. Yeah, I, it's, I guess it's a mystery that we may never find out. One of the many mysteries we've encountered doing research on these characters. One of the many, many mysteries. So after you do Confidence Man, it's really disappointing to learn that him and Scarlet don't work out. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer because you work so hard to like yeah. give him confidence and then it just... Meh. Meh. Yeah, we're not dating or anything and it's like, excuse you. Do you know how hard I worked for you, you little shit? You get back in that ship and you let it sail. Ex oh, I worked hard all over the Commonwealth. I had to run and I had to save your friend. And this is not making me sound like a good person. But obviously I did it because I have the ulterior motive of setting you up in a romantic relationship. It's a really long-winded way to, you know, be the best wingman ever. Yeah, it's extreme matchmaking. It's not for the faint of heart. We'll set you up a little office next to Nick Valentine. <laughs> You'll be the matchmaker of Diamond City. Perfect. The worst business. It would be like run into the ground instantly. All I would do is, like, go over and hang out at Nick's. No, here's the thing. You would spend all your ca all your caps on flashy neon lights, and then, like, you'd be never be there. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. all your money will have been sank because you'd be like, well, Nick has neon. I need neon, too. Yeah. And then you'd just never be there. Oh, my God. Or even worse, I would be, like, the Tinder of the Commonwealth. People would come to me and just be like, yeah, I'm looking for someone to hook up with. And I'd be like, all right, cool. I will pass the word along. All right, go up to that board and swipe left or right. <laughs> if someone does the same to yours, I'll let you know in a week. Oh, no, I don't want to be the Tinder of the Commonwealth. <laughs> <laughs> Commonwealth to, you know, not save your son or anything, but being the tinder of the Commonwealth is too much. <laughs> it feels like that's a lot of pressure helping people find good matches, even if it is just for a hookup. Because, like, 
what if they're unhappy with their hookup and then they come in and they talk to you about it and it's just like, oh my god, listen, this is the apocalypse and there's really not that much coffee left and I have to ration it <laughs> and I didn't want today to be a coffee day. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that it didn't work out for you, but I'm trying to run a business here. And what you do is none of my business once you walk out that door with your match. Oh, goodness. <laughs> See, look, even better, you won't even have to be paid in caps. They'll just bring you coffee. You can be paid oh. in coffee beans. Oh, perfect. I mean, eventually, it's gonna run out, but for a little while, I'll be doing really well. I, I don't know the process of making coffee, so you grind the beans, but but before that, I don't know anything. <laughs> I, yeah. We are off track. Dun, dun, dun. But, but to kind of wrap up what I'm saying about Travis is that he's a good boy, and I love him, and I just want the best for him, and it's... It really just shows what a good boy he is, because it really doesn't take a whole lot of coaxing to get him to go over to save his friend. That's true. When his friend gets himself into hot water. I thought it'd be a lot more difficult to get him to go do something dangerous, but nah, he was all for it. Yeah, I mean, so, like, he may be a nervous wreck and be pretty cowardly on air, but really, he's a, he's a solid dude. Like, not many people would be like, okay, yep, gotta go save my friend from these murderous murderers. I mean, that's more than I could probably say, but that part of that's my laziness. I'm coming off as callous tonight, I guess. But to be fair, to the for the people that he completely annoys, there is another option. Oh, and yeah. And it involves murder. Murder, most foul, yeah. Which, bad, bad, no. <laughs> Don't kill him. Even though I do feel like it'd be interesting to listen to Shang be the new Diamond C City radio personality, even though I just admitted to not listening to the radio ever. <laughs> I feel like maybe you would listen just because you'd want to know what this kid is saying on air. Let's face it, Shang would be pretty interesting. And for those who don't know, Shang is the water boy. He just hangs out in Diamond City. He's got water purifiers, and he sells purified water, which... Someone explain where this kid's parents are right now before I have to break out a pen and write me some fanfiction. Well, do you want the sad reality, or do you want to make fanfiction and make it more cheery? Because, honestly, this kid is probably an orphan. <laughs> I'm, I don't think you remember my writing style from way back in the day, my emo phase. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Shang's parents are definitely dead. I would like to know how they died and how he became the person who ran the water purifying stand. He's not old. He's maybe, what, 10? Oh yeah, probably. I would put him, the oldest I'd put him would be like 11. Yeah. And so it's interesting that this kid is like running this himself. And also that he is such an entrepreneur, then such a little boss that he tells off the Diamond City Guard being like, I'm running a legitimate business here. Why you always gotta be all up in it? You know what? I applaud him. 
he is not only surviving the apocalypse, but thriving in the apocalypse. As much as one kid can by on their own. Kid's taking night classes, though, for goodness sake. He has ambitions. He has dreams. Yeah, he's got way more ambitions than I do. He, he's much better of the whole adult thing than I am. Kid works all day, and then he goes to night school to better himself? When I was 11, I think I was just watching cartoons, like, literally all the time. <laughs> I, I had no thoughts for the future. <laughs> so, good on him. Also, I love the fact that he is he has a crush on Nat Wright and tried to kiss her. Because it's like, you're still such a little kid, and I love it. <laughs> young love. Oh, total young love. It's adorable. She doesn't seem so into it herself, though. No, she uh, definitely didn't seem like that was the boy she wanted to be dating. And it's like, Nat, honey... What? Okay, but, like, you're not gonna find anything better in the wasteland. Kid's got a job. And a house. He's got a job and a house. He's taking night classes to better himself. What, what more are you looking for? Just kidding. You're a child. Do not. Don't date. You're not allowed. Get in that house. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Piper would flip her lid. Let's oh, be real. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? She absolutely would. Should we backpedal it on up to the Bobrov brothers? Might as well. They tie in nicely with Travis. It's true. And I love them. And I don't know if, like, I don't know how to pronounce their names correctly. I think it's Vadim and Yefim. And they're twins. And I love him. And I say that about a lot of characters, and I'm going to tone that down, I promise. No, you're not. Not at all. No, I'm not. I'm never gonna tone it down. I have a lot of love to give to fictional characters, okay? Real feels for the fictionals. Yeah. Real feels for fake people. So this is like a question I've always had on my mind, because in Fallout 3 we had a character that had a thick accent, and this we have Kate, and we also and we have Vadim and Yefim, who have a very thick Russian accent. I want to know exactly how they managed to keep such a thick accent. Though Vadim is, I think he puts his on a little bit. Yefim has a lot less of a strong one, in my opinion. Yeah. But I wonder if it was like a case of circling the wagons, basically, to where they were in a neighborhood with other Russian people. Well, not them, but. Before, when the war happened, there was a neighborhood of Russian people, and they basically just circled the wagon, and so the accent stayed alive, or if it was a case of travel post-war, and I wish I could find an answer to this. I think in the case of Moriarty from number three, he had traveled post-war, but I just don't know how that's possible. It feels like it would be near impossible to be able to do that, to travel from country to country. It would be definitely difficult, but maybe, I don't know, because they could go old school and just be on a boat for months on end, or maybe there's a, something a little bit more modern, because they, they could use an airship, mm -hmm. like the Brotherhood of Steel I guess has that true. blimp, and they have the vertebrates and stuff, so it's not impossible. 
but it just heals. As though it would be difficult for two guys who end up just running a bar slash motel. I'm going to go with probably circling the wagons in this specific case, Mm -hmm. just because these dudes don't seem super old, and they knew of McCready's wife, so that Mm -hmm. makes it seem as though they've been around for a while at least. They've been at least to the Capital Wasteland. And, you know, that could have been, like, maybe they, however they traveled overseas, maybe they ended up, you know, in Washington, D.C. first, and then traveled to Boston. That is possible. Which is a possibility. Yeah, that is a possibility. But I don't know. I kind of like the idea of these neighbors just Mm -hmm. protecting each other and looking out for each other in all the chaos. Oof. That is good stuff. That is what I crave. And they're very interesting characters. And once again, like, when we chose this subject, I was really excited to see what we could find out. But it's been mostly guesswork from here. Vadim in particular I find interesting, and it's because his personality is such an act. Like, you could just really tell he's laying it on thick. Oh, yeah, because he comes off as really loud and, you know... Oh, yeah. ...friendly. Yeah. But he's very sad underneath it all, as you could, like... As you find out when you see him interacting with Scarlet and stuff. And it's upsetting, because it's like, oh, buddy. Oh, pal. It's fun, because, like, he is so loud compared to Yafim, who is quieter and more reserved. But I feel like he's a lot less sad than he is. Mostly he just seems like he's fed up with his brother a little bit. He's probably so annoyed with the way Vadim um, handles their finances and how loud he is and stuff that he doesn't have time to feel sad of any of the circumstances. He's just annoyed 100% of the time. It's true. He just needs a vacation, you know? He just needs his twin to stop running their finances into the ground. Oh, yeah. I think Yafim should definitely be the twin in charge of this business venture, but here we are. Poor guy. He needs a rest. I wish there would have been more backstory on him personally, just because, like, he comes off as a bit of a dick to me. But, you know, I give him the benefit of the doubt because of his brother. Yeah, I I definitely do think that he's actually a real good dude. It's just hard because, once again, he's so tired and he just does not have time for shit. He just wants to run his business. And so, yeah, but I do wish there were more interactions that you could have with him. Because that would be fun. I just want more interactions in general. Just build a giant game that never ends. Please and thank you. That would be a lot of updates <laughs> and a lot of DLCs and a lot of more bugs and glitches that I just don't want to deal with. Yeah. I ran into another glitched quest. Oh no. Yesterday. So I'm salty. Well, what did you <laughs> run into this time? It was a uh, um Post going to to the Institute Railroad quest. Oh no. Trying to kill coursers. And I'm like, I don't know if I can get around this one or not and do the quest line I want to. Oh no. 
we shall see. Well. So I'm a little salty. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, hopefully you can do it. Otherwise, that's so sad. It's okay. I'll just restart my game and, you know, lose the many, 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 many hours I've sunk into it. it it'll only hurt a little bit. But on the positive side, maybe this time you'll be able to save Kent Connolly. See? There's a very bright spot. That is a very bright spot. I didn't even think of that. I was like, okay, maybe, you know, I'll be able to uh, at least unlock the Brotherhood of Steel. But no, you know, being able to save Kent is definitely <laughs> the bright spot of restarting. Oh, yeah, for sure, because he's such a sweet dude, and he's definitely a dude that we are going to talk about eventually. Do it for Kent. <laughs> as much as I would love to steer into Good Neighbor and its citizens, we're going to steer on back to Diamond City. A good way to do that is to talk about someone who previously lived in Good Neighbor, actually. Miss Ellie Perkins. Oh, I love Ellie. I think it is interesting that she grew up in Good Neighbor, but then traveled over to Diamond City. I think a big part of that is why she's not so stuck up and why she's so good to Nick and stuff, which I appreciate. Well, it would be hard, you know, being his assistant and then having a deep-set hatred for synths or ghouls or such. Well, I mean, yeah. If you look at um, all the citizens of Diamond City and their many horrible fears and prejudices against others. It's like, it's refreshing to have someone there who is not a total turd in the water, I guess. Very ineloquent way to say it. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder how that trip went for her. Like, what exactly made her decide to go from Good Neighbor over to Diamond City? If it was just, like, a desire for a more protected life, or if there were uh, there was another reason behind it. Right. Because if you hear from people outside of Diamond City who have not actually been there, it has a reputation for being kind of a utopia. And then people who've actually been there are like, yeah, it's a shithole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It seems like the people of Good Neighbor in particular just don't think that highly of it. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at how Diamond City treated the ghouls and how they treat outsiders. They're just, they are stuck up. And so it's interesting that someone from Good Neighbor would travel to Diamond City, I guess. I wonder if she left before or after Hancock became mayor. Because I feel like the city's pretty safe under him. Obviously, you still have the problem with the gangs inside of it and crime, but you don't have problems with raiders or super mutants, but I guess she could have been fleeing from the gangs because, let's face it, they're pain in the butts. <laughs> right. I personally love Good Neighbor I because I love a lot of its inhabitants. But it definitely wouldn't be an ideal place to live. No, it's like where you go to hang out when you want to get a little wild. It's like the last bar of the night, or maybe the first bar of the night. I don't know. I don't go out. <laughs> so. Oh, goodness. But yeah, depending on what her ambitions are and such, it just might, like, living there might not be 
a productive place for whatever it is she wants to accomplish in her life. I think that she uh, accomplished the best thing she could have in that she works at Valentine Detective Agency, so nowhere to go from there. She's hit top. <laughs> she's peaked. She doesn't know it yet, but she's peaked. <laughs> yep, that's it. She's fine. And Valentine's going to be around forever because I think so, so. <laughs> well, he is a synth after all. He is a synth, though I, I often worry about him. If I could just, like, get a follow-up on, like, how long he lives, that would be nice. What happens with him. Anyway, we've talked about Valentine's Detective Agency. I think it's time to talk about someone who was a part of a Valentine's Detective Agency quest? A case. That's the word I wanted. He was a part of a Valentine's Detective Agency case. In that he was a murderer. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert if you have not played this, but the game's been out for like literal years. And also, why would you be listening to a Fallout podcast if you had not played it? I see. That feels a little judgmental. I'm sorry. Maybe you haven't played it. But anyway, if you don't want spoilers for this case, uh, sorry. You say that, <laughs> and we have already talked about Travis's main <laughs> mission, so it's a little late for a spoiler warning. Listen, maybe everyone, like me, loves a good murder mystery, and I don't want to spoil a murder mystery for them, okay? I did watch Clue the movie not that long ago this night. So, oh goodness, I love that. I haven't seen it in years. Well, it is on Amazon Prime and it is so good. Ugh. They don't make movies like they should anymore. That's not true. Anyway. Oh no, it is true. It's true. It is true. Listen, I got some hopes. Um, in particular, there is a movie apparently either out or coming out called Santa Jaws and it is a shark. Oh lord. And he's wearing a Santa hat and I think I found a new holiday movie. So I'll let everyone know if I watch that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I can't decide whether that sounds amazing or horrible. Listen, as someone who has watched movies titled like Two-Headed Shark Attack and things like that, it's gonna be amazing. Because any shitty-ass shark movie is amazing. Even Sharknado? I actually could not watch Sharknado because the audio quality on it was so bad that I just... I couldn't understand a word that was being said and I was like, okay, well I give up for now and then I just never went back to it. But yes, even Sharknado. I love me a shitty shark movie, so... Also, a shitty, like, alligator movie. Just a shitty movie. <laughs> so you're just into those, like, shitty creature movies. I am. Also, Lake Placid has Betty White in it, and she calls people motherfuckers, and it is top-tier Betty White because she fed her husband to a fucking crocodile. Yep, I've seen that before. Like... Yeah, it, don't come at me. Like, I will defend these movies to my death. They're amazing. Fair enough. We're off topic, and it's your fault. 
Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, Dr. Crocker is a murderer. <laughs> Just so you know, he's super creepy. He does facial reconstruction, and he became so obsessed with good looks that it led to the death of Earl. He felt bad about it, and he tried to hide it, but buddy, you can't do drugs and cut up people's faces. It's just not something you can do. Don't chem and cut, folks. Exactly. I like that a lot. <laughs> There's- I need to, like, try and see if I can talk to him before I do that quest this time around. Because I didn't get to have, like, any conversations with him before I did this quest the last two times I've done it. And I really want to. Because I want to see what he, it's like to talk to him before you're accusing him of murder. That's fair. I don't think I ever had a conversation with him before I killed him, so... Honestly, I don't know if it's possible. But I never really tried that hard because I was never interested in facial reconstruction surgery because basically the face that I had finished was just such a long process that uh, why go through it again? Who are we, Deacon? <laughs> God. I've been traveling with him lately. Yeah, God. God. Deacon. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> God. Oh, he's fun in a strange way. I, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about him yet. But so far, it's not positive. <laughs> I kind of just tell him to shut the fuck up all the time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't with him. One part of me adores him, but the other part of me definitely would stand over his bed at night holding a pillow <laughs> and just thinking, thinking real hard about some stuff. You might accidentally slip and accidentally smother him, right? Yes. Just accidentally. Yeah. It would be an accident. Of course. But then I think the other part, the first part of me, would miss him. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's a complicated relationship with many complicated feelings. That's, that's fair. I will reserve my judgment until I've <laughs> traveled with him a little bit longer. <laughs> okay, okay. And then I would love to hear your full thoughts on Deacon. We'll do it a whole episode. That's all it will be. Because right now my thoughts consist of, you need to shut up, and why did you just change your clothes six times in the span of, like, two minutes? He's got to pick his disguise. Listen, he puts <laughs> effort into hiding, unlike me, so puts effort into his outfits. It's just so funny finding out he's bald, but it makes sense. What better way to hide who you are than to be bald and have wigs? That's true. It's true. It would make it not so hot and itchy if you didn't have real hair under them. I mean, I've never been bald fully, but I have had the side of my head shaved and worn wigs. It's an interesting experience. Anyway, Dr. Crocker. I wish there was more with him. I just want... I don't know. As with most killers, I want a big involved thing. 
Instead of just some psycho dude raving while on yeah. a chem binge. Yeah, we'll definitely have to talk about the serial killer that is the best killer in this game at some point. But yeah, this guy, he definitely pales in comparison to Pikmin, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's funny that his um, co-worker, Dr. Soon, just doesn't even like him himself. And they've worked together for over a decade. He's just kind of over him and thinks he's nuts yeah but he also is mad at me because i did kill dr crocker he won't heal me anymore oh what i don't even see him during the day anymore i will randomly see him walking around like to his house at night but he won't talk to me yeah so i can't go to diamond city to be healed weird i never had a problem with him after i killed dr crocker i maybe i don't know i convinced him it was fine wait did I kill him or did I let him kill himself? That is the question, because I definitely killed him. <laughs> I probably let him kill himself, because definitely I was traveling with Valentine, and that would have been the one Valentine would have preferred. So maybe that's it, is that I just let it happen. Just like, oh, well, I'm not going to kill you, but we're definitely going to arrest you, but if you were to get a hold of a weapon, I wouldn't stop you. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I feel like a chaotic neutral. Bitch had a gun, and so did I, <laughs> and mine was bigger, so... Bang, bang. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, like, definitely I wanted to kill him, but... I also desperately crave Valentine's approval, so... That's fair. <laughs> I didn't have Valentine with me on that That's... mission, and I did, in retrospect, I have no idea why, but I did not, so... Who did you have with you? I had Hancock with me. Oh, yeah, he would want you to kill him. No, he didn't like it either. Wait, what? Really? Like, he, he didn't hate it, but he, yeah. he, didn't, he did not like it. But I was like, well, I don't think you'll like me, like, having him arrested either, so this is just the way these dice are gonna fall. That is so interesting, because he is such a wasteland justice type that you would think that's what he would be down for. I mean, I straight up killed a dude somewhere else. It was, like, some random cult guy. I don't remember. But I killed him, and he was totally into it. That's funny. Oh, was it the guy who was like, do you want to join my place? There, There's no risk involved. And then he takes you to his back room and he's like, you have to give me all of your stuff. And you're like, no, I'm not interested. And he's like, no, I insist you have to give me all your things. Because I just had that encounter. Yeah, it probably was him. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. I ain't giving you my stuff. I don't give my stuff to anybody, so there. I shove it in my washer and dryer like a real person. Yeah. I'm just kidding, I've upgraded from that. I realized I could put it in the freaking, what's it called, the workbench, <laughs> so that's where all my junk sits now. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Where do you keep your good stuff that you want to keep? Well, see, I had that all in, in like separate drawer things while I figured out what kind of house I wanted to build, but now that I've built a house, uh -huh. I have a fancy safe hidden under my bed, and that's where all my legendary and starred items go, and then I have a metal box for Ooh. my guns and ammo, <laughs> so. 
So it's all fancy up in there now. I love it. I've got my good power armor on displays with lights. Oh my gosh. It, it's coming along, finally. I'm only the level almost 70, so... <laughs> You'll find your son one day. And when you do, he'll be very impressed with the settlement you've built. No, he won't, because he's an old asshole, but a girl can dream. That's true. He's just spying on you right now, being like, what the fuck? My mom's not even looking for me. (laughs) Did my mother never care for me? She's just out there, making out with ghouls and flirting with robots, building settlements. Did my mom just remarry a ghoul? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't she know what I am trying to achieve genetically down here? Suck it, Sean. This is your stepdad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I wish we could take people to the Institute with us. Because as far as I remember, you can't. Because, yeah, wouldn't that be great? Take Hancock and be like, meet your new daddy. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) This would be the best thing ever. Oh my gosh. Do you know how much shit Hancock would talk in the Institute? Oh. Oh my god, it'd be fantastic. It'd be glorious. He would not be able to handle that place. Oh, he'd hate it there. Oh god, I want it so bad. Those people have the smoothest of skins, yeah. too. Baby soft. Never a lick of radiation on them. Oh, I want this so bad. Oh, it hurts me inside. We're off track again. (laughs) We have some serious problems. Who were we? Oh, we were talking about Dr. Crocker. I was like, I don't even remember who we were talking about. This tangent went way off. That's okay, because we're going to flip it back around to marriages and talk about Zwicky and Edna. Heck yes. Yes, the best couple in all of Diamond City. It's adorable. The happiest random encounter that I never intended to find. Oh my gosh, right? It's just, it's so random. And it's such, like, a random little thing. Because you just go in there and you're just talking to this schoolhouse robot and she's questioning you about love. And it's really sweet. And it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to tell you nice things about love. And then, lo and behold, her and the school teacher are getting married? What? Right? I wasn't expecting that. I talked to her, and I was like, thought I knew who she was talking about in my mind, too. And then I come back, and she's getting married to the school teacher. Mm. And it was adorable. It's so cute. And now they're just like a married couple who teach kids. So great. Right. And they have a cat named Toro. Aww. It's a very unlikely couple. And I like it. It makes me happy in my heart. Like, we're going to definitely have a conversation about robots at some point and how I feel about them. But this is, like, perfect. Beyond belief. I do wonder where Miss Edna was found, though. Because she's in pristine condition for a Miss Nanny. Yeah. Like, you look at any other Mr. Handys and stuff of that, like, similar model, they're not great. They're not in great condition, but she is in such good condition. Right? I don't even remember Pearl. Isn't her name Pearl in Far Harbor? I don't remember her being in that good of condition either. Yeah, I don't think she was. I mean, I might have to go look, but 
I think you're right. And I also wonder who found her and how she wound up in Diamond City teaching and how long her and Mr. Zwicky have known each other at this point. He was the one who found her, perhaps, or, I don't know, maybe when he became a teacher, she was just already there. Yeah, maybe. That is true. I didn't think of the fact she'd already be there. But yes, I am, I'm interested in her origins and how she's maintained her appearance through 200 years. She's just a good-looking robot, that's all it is, you know? Mr. Zwicky's one lucky dude. (laughs) I mean, I don't have any idea how that marriage works, really. But, you know, whatever. It's the apocalypse. Whatever floats your boat. You do you. Robots and people can get married now. It's 20... Not 77. It's 2277. Actually, it's 2287. (laughs) Shh. I'm doing my best here, okay? Hey, you you know what? 2277 is Fallout 3, though, so I ah, can see why that would okay. be on your mind. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But also, I want to point out that I remember Fallout dates strangely better than I remember actual dates in our history, so... You know... I low-key love that. Yeah, I low-key am not sure how I should feel about that. <laughs> Traveling on from this couple over to another robot who is not as shiny but still as lovable, Percy. I love Percy mostly because I hate Myrna and I would rather like wait all day to trade with him than I would to just go by her ever. Anytime she speaks to me it's like, will you just shut up and bring the robot out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to deal with you. I already know what your opinion of Nick is. I already know what your opinion on synths is. You're loud and you're obnoxious and you're angry and I just want to sell stuff, okay? Right. You're an angry bigot and I don't want to deal with you. Yeah. Once again, there's only so much coffee in the Commonwealth and you're making it a coffee day when it shouldn't have to be. It's a coffee day when it should have only been a Nuka-Cola day. Yeah, and I would very much appreciate just dealing with the robot. Thank you. Though, I find it interesting that she's got a robot running the stand with her since she has such a hatred for synths. And I know that there is a difference between synths and robots, but her hatred is just so much. Oh, yeah. That you could definitely see it carrying over into robot territory. Or at least I could. She seems like the extreme paranoid type. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of weird to me how much better robots are perceived in Diamond City compared to synths, because robots are literally, Mm. like, one level below synth. They have their own personalities for the most part. Some of them basically make up their own destiny. The only thing that separates them from some of the Mm -hmm. synths is what they're biologically made out of. Which is weird because, as we've talked about with synths before, like, they're literally Mm -hmm. humans with a tiny robot chip, but somehow they don't age. Yeah. So, yeah, robots and synths are basically the same. Robots are probably harder to kill than synths because they're not all fleshy. (laughs) It's true. And 
Mr. Handy's in particular, they got like some gnarly appendages going on. Like they got that saw, they got a flamethrower. Rubco, what exactly was going through your mind when you designed this helper robot? Right? Yeah, because, like, what kind of duties did you think the average American was going to do? Like, the Mr. Gutsies, I yeah. kind of, you know, I understand. But... But the Mr. Handies? Yeah. Damn. Like, that is some extreme housework. Uh, but they're fun. I, and I love them. One thing I found really interesting about Percy is he's not marked as essential, so you can kill him. Upsetting. With really no consequence. <laughs> but why? Because then you have yeah. to deal with Myrna still. Yeah. So. No thank you, right? Also, apparently if you um, sneak into Myrna's house, mm -hmm. um, he's just chilling in there and you can interact with him as a vendor during the day, too. Well, perfect. So that way you don't even have to deal with Myrna ever. Right? You just need to decide if you want to be breaking into houses. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of law-breaking to not have to deal with her sounds okay. Sounds decent. It's fine. It's good. It, right? It's it's a fair trade-off, honestly. And that's what I would explain to the guard who arrested me. It's like, would you really want to handle Myrna either? No lie. Yeah. I, I know that you've heard her screeching in the streets, hawking her wares being the worst. Come on. We all know that Percy's where it's at. I just gotta unload some junk. Yeah. Basically, I would be arrested real quick due to all of my weird-ass deeds in Diamond City. Right? Yeah, no, I would definitely be asked not to come back. Yeah. No matter who I saved. <laughs> it's like, just just please leave that house you bought. No, that, that's not even yours anymore. Bye. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> the freaking uh, Mayor McDonough would come out and be like, your matchmaking days are over. What? But, come on. <laughs> talk on our city. Listen. Listen. I know why you don't ever come get my business, because you've already got a lady. And we all know it. So, and then I would be just cast out. <laughs> yep. Kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming. Don't throw me out. I'll never survive. <laughs> And then who knows where I'd go from there. I guess I'd just go to Good Neighbor. So, from one bomb-ass robot to another, we can move on to our final citizen for this episode, Takahashi. Good old Takahashi. He's just a good boy noodle robot. I think it's so funny that McDonough refuses to fix him to say anything else. Because it's a symbol of Diamond City's culture, and it's like, all he's doing is politely asking to take your order in Japanese, but okay. Poor thing. Right? Like, I, I don't understand exactly what symbol he's supposed to be representing. Like, he's only been on the job for 15 years. Is it just that he speaks Japanese? Is that it? Because it's not like he's had a long and storied history of being there if it's only been 15 years. He was a protectron somewhere. 
We don't know where, mm -hmm. but he was until somebody decided to mess with his voice module. So I don't understand it. Does it just make it seem more cultured, I guess? I don't know. My personal theory is that he's afraid of what Takahashi actually knows. Which is a very good theory. Because, seriously, people will say things in front of people that they don't think understand them. And a lot of the time, mm -hmm. especially when it's around people who speak other languages or that are very, very elderly, people will just say whatever in front of mm -hmm. them, assuming they don't know what they're talking about. Where they might be somebody who can't speak whatever language you're speaking, but they can understand it. Or they have memory difficulties, and yeah, they won't mm -hmm. repeat it immediately, but they can remember it, and they will repeat it eventually. So I'm wondering if he's afraid that Takahashi knows too much, in a sense, and he doesn't want to be exposed I am so wild about that theory, like, that is such a good theory, and I bet you anything that's what it is. Why else? There's no other reason. It's the only thing that makes any logical sense to me. Also, it's really cute that if you take Kiri over there, she'll respond to him in Japanese. That's adorable. It's like, oh, that's sweet. Poor thing will be like, I think he's broken, but it's just like, oh, she tried. Like, she'll introduce herself. And, like, tell him his, her name and things. It's just like, that's so cute. She's so friendly. I love it. That's adorable. She tried. Like, she gave it a valiant effort. She did much better than Dance, who accuses him of being a Chinese spy. And it's like, okay, Dance, you're a racist. You need to stop. Do better. Firstly, dude, he's not even speaking Chinese. Secondly... China's not spying on us anymore. We got blown up. The United States has been canceled. So has the rest of the world. So calm down. This poor robot's just trying to sell you some noodles. It's the only thing he sells. Be nice. Right? Oh my god. I find the fact that he is one of the side characters that every companion has something to say about hilarious <laughs> oh my god it's so good it's just like he is not that integral a part of anything but everyone has something to say to him or about him and it's great and i love that like isn't it nick who's all worried about him like making sure that no one's hassling him and giving him a bad time it's one of them i think it's nick and it's like that's sweet oh Right? The synth from the street over, watching the back of the robot. <laughs> That's so nice. I appreciate that. <laughs> there, I'm, honestly, I'm so tempted to get a Takahashi tattoo. I've seen some really cute ones. Oh, I bet. That'd be adorable. I think it would go really well with my Sharon in the heart. Oh, see, now you need a lily in the heart and a Takahashi in a heart. You're just going to have all these, like, hearts of all of these characters. I know. I'm not, I'm going to run out of room. It's a problem. You're going to have, like, one character from each game in a heart. Ooh, I like that a lot. I just don't know if, I don't know, Takahashi should be the one. But maybe. 
There's a lot of really good characters in Fallout 4, but Takahashi is definitely up there on my list of favorites that aren't companions. Yeah. And the fact that the only thing he serves is noodles, it's great. Also, I saw a thing where they were actually selling his noodles for a while, like, in the real world. Oh, that's funny. So you buy power noodles. And I was like, that's amazing. It makes me wish I could eat them. Dang, those GF problems. I know. I miss out on everything good because of them. Also, funny thing is, I'm 100% it's the noodle stuff because it's a Blade Runner reference. Like, there was a noodle bar that Decker would... Deckard? Or Decker? Deckard was eating at. And so that's a reference to that. That's amazing. This game was, like, so... Oh, so much of it came from Blade Runner. And it's great. And so having a little reference like that in there, it's... It's just nice. I love it. Alright. Any other thoughts on Takahashi? 10 out of 10. Good boy. 10 out of 10. Would go eat some noodles. Exactly. Hey, you would if they were rice noodles. I would. Maybe I can find a recipe and make them. I don't know. Perfect. I still need to get the Fallout cookbook. Maybe they're in the Fallout cookbook. I definitely feel like this. there may be a part two to this episode one day, because there are still an abundance oh, yeah. of fascinating characters that are around Diamond City. That's true. It is nothing but a city filled with interesting characters and characters to hate. We haven't even touched anyone in the upper stands. Oh, those... those upper stand people. Ugh. <laughs> I know, seriously. I live up where the bleachers were. <laughs> is it bleachers? I don't know. It's a sports thing. <laughs> I don't live down on the dirt like you dirty dirt people. I... I wish my person didn't have such a good moral affinity because yes, I would just rob them blind. All of them. All of those bleacher bastards. You are voicing my exact desires. Like, I just want to murder them. <laughs> but here we are. Well, I didn't say murder. I said I wanted to rob them blind. You want to rob them of their life. I understand. You don't have to hide. <laughs> Not to hide your true feelings here. This is a safe place. Fair enough. Talk about how we want to stop the people in the upper stands from having super duper control and kicking ghouls out of the city and stuff. But see, if I start talking about that, things like that, then they can throw around words like premeditated. Mm, okay, <laughs> that's fair. You gotta think like a lawyer on this one, I guess. Oh. Wasteland Justice and all that. Yeah. Good old Wasteland Justice. Well, alright. Yeah, definitely. I think we should do a part two to this sometime. But we also need to talk about the characters of Good Neighbor now because I'm thinking about them a lot. Especially since we brought up Kent Connolly, who is like a character who we could definitely have for his own show. An, an episode all for him. But I want you to experience him more. Experience all of Kent. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, it might be a while till we get to that episode then. Alright, guys, if you liked this episode and want to share with your friends, you can 
refer them to awkwardintrovertpod.fireside.fm and they can find links to all of our social medias, all of our platforms, all that good stuff. Remember, like, subscribe, send us messages. We love messages. It really makes our day. Also, review. And while you're out there, stay hydrated. Stay safe. Cover your face when you sneeze. Yeah, don't be gross. Yeah, don't be gross. I was, like, trying to think of one, and that's all I got. Yeah, just don't be gross. (laughs) And we will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye!